Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by my co-host John DeShazer. Definitely feeling good on this Monday after a Saints win 18-10 over the Carolina Panthers. Defense showed out and the offense stepped up in the end, got back in the end zone for the first time in three weeks. Thank you to Alvin Kamara for catching that pass from Taysom Hill, solidifying six points at the end of the game. Definitely was needed, and it was great to come away with a win in this one, John. Yeah, I mean, it's this is just good to get back into the win call- column, even though it was only a one-game hiatus, I guess, but still mm-hmm. good to the win column. Just stay in the uh, in the playoff race because you know, the Saints sweating it down the stretch here for the playoffs is not something that we've gotten accustomed to. They won four consecutive NFC South division titles, so uh, we're not used to being in this position here lately. Yeah. But for the people who, you know, who remember before that, you know, run of, of, of prosperity, the Saints did have some seasons where they were kind of scratching and clawing at the end. So, you know, it keeps it exciting. Um, it certainly keeps you keeps you interested a lot more so than, than you'd like to be, because I'd rather the Saints be fighting for the number one seed <laughs> is what it is. I mean, it's, it's better to be relevant now and to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, than it is to be planning for the draft. So I'm much rather I'm much rather this. It has been an unreal season, lots of ups and downs. Good to be talking about the possibility of being in the postseason, considering everything that this team has been through. We're going to bring in John Hendricks. He's the Saints lead writer and reporter for for the Saints News at SI Now. He'll help us kind of break down this past game and look ahead to this last week of play of the regular season for the Saints. John Hendricks, thank you so much for joining us today. I have to specify, as we also have John DeShazer on as well, of course, I'm the one that's outnumbered today with dual Johns on the call here. But thank you for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Yeah, no problem. Double trouble with Johns. I mean, you know, you know what you're getting into, at least. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about what the Saints got into on Sunday. It was a must win game for them, and they definitely delivered much thanks to the defensive effort. And the offense kind of came alive as the game went on. Just kind of what were your overall takeaways from that win by the Saints? I think first and foremost, you got to look at the defense. I mean, again, they put this team on their back pretty much all season and their identity has, has really been found in how things have transpired there. And, and look, I tell you, first and foremost, Cam Jordan, man, he's just absolutely on a tear. And, you know, I, I talked to him back in October and he was kind of talking a lot about how, you know, the defensive line, you know, they were missing Marcus Davenport and missing David Onyemata. And, you know, he was getting doubled and triple teamed. And, you know, he, he said that it was just a matter of time before things kind of clicked together. And, and you know, it's just when he, Marcus got back in the lineup, it was big. When David got in back of the lineup, it was big. And then Cam, you know, kind of broke that streak of not having a sack against Seattle. And then it just kind of heightened. And he's he's on fire right now. So they're playing some of their best defense at, at a time they need most. And, you know, I think other things to think about is, you know, they didn't have Marcus Williams in this game. They didn't have Eric McCoy. But, look, they found a way. And I think that's just kind of been the identity. The, the thing for this team this year is that, no matter what the situation is, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been a perfect product, but they continue to find a way to win and put games together and, um, you know, offensively finally getting a touchdown. That was huge for Taysom Hill having a pretty strong game and then Alvin Kamara just going with the well and doing what works. How unique has the ability for this team to bounce back through all the adversity that they faced and stayed together? 
It's, it's crazy. You know, I, I just, you know, a lot of people have different takes. And again, this is a Sean Payton led team. There is no quit in this team. Nobody would ever tell you that, man, I'm going to throw this game on purpose. They got too much passion and have too much competitiveness in it. And, and you know, again, it's, it's interesting just how when you go back to the beginning of the year with Hurricane Ida and all the things that they face, losing Jameis Winston, losing all these different things, not having Michael Thomas. I mean, there's so many things from adversity. You could pretty much write a movie on it if you wanted to, just because it's a Hollywood type script, but they find a way to push through. And, you know, again, they're getting a lot of, of production from guys you just wouldn't have thought of in the beginning of the season. I mean, just to think that their offensive line has not been intact. Um, that we thought it was a strong suit going into this season. Same thing with the defensive line. I mean, you got guys like Tano Passignon that's not out there, Peyton Turner, and they're still finding a way to put sacks, and they're still being a top unit in the league. So I think it goes to credit to the players, but definitely the coaches, position coaches like Brian Nielsen and Dennis Allen at the defensive coordinator spot. I mean, just overall, it's it's one of those things that go hand in hand, and the players get a lot of credit, but I tell you the coaches definitely deserve a lot of credit too. I mean, the Saints yesterday, they were without four of their starters on the offensive line. And I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough, tough to establish a run, tough to protect the quarterback there, but Taysom Hill managed. If you think that this team is the best that we're going to be able to have at this point in the season with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Well, I think there's some, some improvement there. You know, again, um, you didn't have Mark Ingram on Sunday. That's always a huge boost when you can have him in the lineup and, you know, obviously run game has been a challenge over the past few games, but, you know, look down the stretch, you're, you're facing Atlanta. It's a super must win game. You've got to win or your season's over. And then obviously you got to wait and see what happens with the 49ers and hope that they lose the Rams. And, you know, look, you, you might get hold out some hope that they get some other people in the playoffs. Of course, it's going to be a short turnaround there. Uh, you know, Teron Armstead's battled all year, you know, with, with the knee injury and such. And I mean, he's, definitely one of those guys that's not selfish and putting him in a position he's, he's trying to get back on the field and trying to do what he can but you know defensively I think that's obviously the thing that can carry him the most right now and they're mostly healthy there on that side of the ball and offensively you know you're just you're just trying to find ways to make it work I, I love what you know Taysom Hill is in the Marquez Callaway connection that seems to be working really well and Callaway's you know, looking more like what we thought we saw in, in training camp. And that's been a huge reason why they're able to move the football. And so anytime you can get some of these guys going, it's it's not really about, you know, what you start and how you start. It's always about playing your best football here down the stretch. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Saints have been doing that. John, you mentioned Tano Passigno. <laughs> and and to be honest with you, he was on his way to having a career year. and He's been gone so long. I, I I'd forgotten he was on the team almost, to be honest with you. <laughs> but <laughs> what will it say for this team if this team is able to, to scratch its way into, into the playoffs? What will it say about this team, I guess, as a whole that's kind of been in the hole from the, from the start this season? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, relentless. And I, I tell you, I think that this is a team that nobody wants to see in the postseason. I, and I genuinely mean that just because – defensively you saw what they get, did against Tampa Bay. I think if they can figure things out, out offensively and then maybe get some of these guys back, I mean, this is a, a defense that can carry them a good bit. And you don't need 30, 40 points a game like you did, you know, years ago to, to win football games. If you can get to 20, 25, I think that's enough to propel them. And you see strong suits like Brett Maher in the kicking game that are helping as well. But defensively, like you said, you know, we forget about Tana, we forget about Peyton Turner, we forget about a lot of those players that are there. But, you know, again, tenacious, 
pursuit. And, and again, you see a unified team that won't back down. And, you know, they've said it all season that nobody's feeling sorry for themselves. Nobody's going to talk about 50 plus starters there. They're not going to talk about all the COVID stuff. They're not going to talk about all these injuries. They just keep pushing through. And a lot of that has to do with coaching, but a lot of it has to do with a lot of those veteran leaders in that building, like Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, those guys that get the, the ship going. Now, you mentioned the offense. Can it get there? Because we're, we're watching an offense that scored one touchdown in the last three games. Granted, Saints have been able to win two out of those three, but one touchdown on offense uh, in those three games. Can it get to a functional, efficient level? It, I, I, I don't know of a different way to say it. I guess a functional level because it hadn't been functioning very smoothly this season. Yeah, and it's been hard to watch, right? I mean, we're so accustomed to seeing Drew Brees out there and slinging the football down the field and just moving methodically, and it's been a struggle. And I thought we saw some struggles with James Winston a little bit early on in the season, but he picked things up and learned a lot more. But, uh, you know, I think with this offense the way it is, you still have uh, your workhorse in Alvin Kamara. And if you can get Mark Ingram back on the field, that's a huge boost just from what he does in blitz pickups, pass protection, and just being able to be a compliment to Alvin Kamara. And then, you know, offensively, again, they were down tight ends. You know, Nick Vanette was out there, was out of action. And, um, you know, you had Jawan Johnson and Adam Troutman. That's crazy that this is a second straight game. They've had only two tight ends, but they've made it work. And so, again, I think getting past the COVID issues has been a big thing for them. And again, it's probably one of those things with most teams. It's not a matter of, uh, of if it hits, it's just when it hits and how you weather through that storm. But offensively, I think a lot of this hinges on Taysom Hill. And, you know, I think it's encouraging to see what he's done. Um, you know, he hasn't been careless with the football or things that we saw from him last season. But again, you know, we've got to find a magic number where you got to cash in the points. And if it's field goals the whole time, then that's just kind of the office that we've gotten accustomed to. But I think they can reach a different level, um, you know, especially going into the season finale and if they can get in the postseason. But let's make no mistake about it. You know, if it's the Rams defense you're facing against, you have to have to put some points up. You cannot get into a scoring match. You have to have a stout defense. So that'd be the biggest concern is they can't get into a big scoring match with a lot of these teams that are in the postseason. Now, I need to rewind for a second because you mentioned the offensive line a, a couple of segments ago. And, and, and obviously the Saints are, you know, as you mentioned, we're without four offensive linemen. And, and you see the, the comments, whether it be on social media or maybe even national media, is there a good enough appreciation for what this team is trying to do or had to do being down that many offensive linemen and you're talking about basically a makeshift offensive line in some form or fashion from maybe the second snap of the season I think it was when Eric McCoy went out is there a, a good enough appreciation for what these guys are trying to do because you know a lot of times I, I kind of want to make a snide comment when I see it and you know I realize I work for the team and I probably can't do that might not do <laughs> but is there, is there a decent appreciation for what these guys have been able to do in this situation? No, I don't think there has been. I mean, again, you talk about guys like Jordan Mills, you know, a veteran guy, nobody really talks about him because, I mean, nobody's really looked at him. But at the same time, I don't think he's done anything out there that has caused people to say, oh, man, you know, you look at uh, losing Andres Pete earlier and now you wish you had somebody like Andres Pete because he takes a lot of, you know, negative criticism and such from, from him being on the field. And, Again, you look at that offensive line, Cesar Ruiz is the only one that's there. And, you know, it's a tough thing to see 
Teron battling the injuries and it's tough to see Ryan Ramchek not being out there too, especially, you know, him getting a, a big payday from the team. And, you know, he wants to be out there. Teron wants to be out there and, you know, these guys want to play. And so I think in, in that same breath, guys like James Hurst have to be appreciated more or Calvin Throckmorton, an undrafted guy, you know what I mean? And, and Saints have had a good history of finding these undrafted gems, but I don't think he's a guy that we talk about enough that he's come in a situation. The offensive line believes in him, but he's played outstanding. And look, James Hurst is a veteran signing. That's a, a huge get. And I, I hate to think where they would be if they didn't have those two guys on the offensive line to go along with McCoy and Ruiz. But, you know, again, it's, it's a tough task for a lot of these guys, but I think also some of that lies in Sean Payton as a play caller and trying to recognize where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are and trying to run an offense based off that too. Yeah, James Hurst has probably been the the MVL, I guess, the most valuable lineman on this team. <laughs> several positions, and he's been available, <laughs> which has been the big thing. Could it work out any better than this, John? Uh, game 17 uh, of the first 17-game season in NFL history, and the Saints have to go to Atlanta and win. Yeah, I, I think it's if you're looking, again, Hollywood ending, poetic justice, how fitting, because Atlanta came in – you know, earlier to the Superdome and shocked a lot of people as a game the Saints should have won there, you know, but it, it didn't go that way. And everybody understands, or at least Saints fans and Falcons fans understand that rivalry in the NFC South. And, you know, again, it's one of the most underrated rivalries out there. A lot of people pay attention to the Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They pay attention to Dallas, Washington, Dallas, Philly. But man, this is a, a two teams that just hate each other. You know, they just don't get along. <laughs> right. And this have a very long and storied history of being petty. And so, look, again, you have to go into their building. The Falcons are out of the playoffs. They'd love to play spoilers on the Saints. Don't get me wrong. And New Orleans, what, what a way to try to at least get into the postseason by saying, hey, we beat Atlanta to get there and we got a little help. So, look, it's Matt Ryan. Everybody knows who that is. And, and everybody understands this type of rivalry If in that building. If you come in and you don't, then I, I'd, I'd have to question, you know, what you've been watching for the past, I don't know how many years, or even just the past couple of years, because you see the memes fly, you see the 28 to three, you see all that stuff fly. And it's just a rival fan base that is petty. So I'm expecting a lot of good things out of this one. I mean, you look at these teams and you talk about the, uh, the love that they have for each other. And I obviously say that sarcastically, but you go in, into Atlanta and you mentioned they don't have anything left to play for this season. They've been eliminated from the playoffs. This is, I mean, you kind of say it a lot in, in different sports, but like their Super Bowl, right? They get to win this game. They end the season with a win over their rival. So they're playing for enough there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And look, make no mistake about it. You got Terry Fontenot, Saints fans know who he is, and he'd love to get a win and say that he swept the Saints in this first season, you know, new coach and all that good stuff. And look, they're still talented. They can move the football well. Cordero Patterson has done some fantastic things for this offense, something that nobody really saw coming, but somebody found out, found a way to use him right. And, you know, Kyle Pitts, the tight end has been great. The defensively, they've done some, some good things out there. And so look, again, you're going to talk about a dogfight in this one. And I, again, I, I you'd say to suggest Atlanta would just roll over and just say, okay, here, have it. That's, that's just not going to happen. And, so the Saints are going to have to put together a great game plan, a lot of love there. And uh, look, you're going to see some chirping. And I just feel the Saints at this position with the energy that they have carried over from this win, defensively going to carry them a good bit of the way. They've just got to be able to put some points up on the board because Matt Ryan in that first game that they played, 
I mean, you look like Joe Montana back in the day. <laughs> you talk about the energy after this win. The post-game press conference was very fun to listen to. Do you have any favorite quotes that came out of that one? Uh, you know, I would say that C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he's always good for a soundbite. Same thing with Mario Cam, but C.J. Gardner-Johnson taking offense to the first touchdown drive that the mm-hmm. Panthers had scored, just saying he was, uh, he was peeved. It was the, the politically correct work to say, I guess you would say. But, um, you know, look, I think that was the, probably my favorite one is the fact that he took offense to it. And he's just that's that's who CJ is. You know, he's just a ball of energy. And I, I tell you, him in the lineup, it just makes such a big difference. You saw how much he got the crowd energized during commercial breaks, all that good stuff. I mean, this guy is just insane of what he does. And I, I think that's got to be my favorite from uh, from Sunday. Who's going to get the focus of his energy this Sunday coming up against the Falcons? Man, uh, probably the entire Falcons bench, I guess I'd say. But, you know, I'd I'd say it's probably, (laughs) you know, I think Patterson would be a guy or Kyle Pitts. You know, Kyle Pitts has had a fantastic rookie season, one or two tight ends to to get over a thousand yards. First person to do it since Mike Ditka. I mean, that's a a huge accomplishment for him. And it just kind of bolsters that thing because that was a pick that was met with a lot of criticism. So. You know, I, I don't I don't know if, you know, I think that that role would tend to fall to uh, Malcolm Jenkins covering pits. But, you know, again, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I remember the last time we we're in Atlanta that, um, you know, he got under Calvin Ridley skin a, a good bit in a lot of those Falcons. And I know they didn't forget it. So I would I would anticipate him doing a good bit of John uh, with some of those receivers, you know, Zacchaeus, all those in Patterson. So he's going to he's going to do what he's paid to do and what he's what he's good at. Absolutely. And for the first game back, Demario Davis, he steps in great leader for this team. I know he was back in the huddle cheering, doing the chant and everything ahead of time. Uh, Just what has his presence been like for this team this season? I just tell you that in so many ways, he's just irreplaceable. I mean, just his character on and off the field and, just what he does for a guy who's over, you know, 30, that's not supposed to happen at some, you know, with some of these guys. And he's overlooked a lot of times, you know, snub from the pro bowl, finally gets some good stuff in analytics or gets on the NFL top 100. But I mean, this is a guy who just continues to work. And, you know, it's, it's a scary thought not seeing this defense without Demario Davis, kind of the heart and soul, you know, so is Cam too, but, you know, Demario's, Easily one of the best free agents to see this team assigned since Drew Brees. I mean, definitely believe that. Um, and he's definitely changed things up here and, and has been an anchor. And you know, you look across the, the league at guys that used to do it, like Luke Keekley or Patrick Willis for the 49ers. I mean, those that's the type of impact that DeMario has for this defense and just the energy he brings and the accountability and just the smart and football IQ that he has. I mean, it's just unmatched. Yeah, definitely fun to watch and, and fun to talk to leading up to games after games this week, leading into this game against Atlanta. What are you tracking kind of what are the storylines that you're kind of you're following? Well, you know, obviously the playoff stuff is a big thing, right? And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Saints move to the 325 slot. So they're going to be playing the same time the Rams and 49ers are going to play. So that's that's going to be a little bit of scoreboard watching. But you know, I, I go back to what something Sean Payton had said on Sunday. He said, look, we're just focused on trying to get to nine and eight and then we'll see what else happens. And I think that's the focus to have, you know, I I would expect, you know, the team to to get some type of challenge or motivation because Sean Payton's good at that. And so, look, I I believe 
going into this matchup that, look, you know, you're going to be paying attention to the scoreboard. But if I'm the Saints, I'm coming out here and, and I wouldn't say throw out all the stops, but I'm trying to get up on Atlanta early, take them out early and, and just, you know, put the clamps down. And so, you know, Matt Ryan can have a good game. He can have a great game or you want to hope that he has a bad game. And so this pass rush is going to be key to getting after Matt Ryan and, you know, they know that Atlanta does. And so they're going to try to get the ball out quickly. And so I think between him and Patterson, those are two big focal points, Kyle Pitts, how they match up against him. And then just overall the mood, you know, again, Atlanta doesn't have much to play for and in that stadium, the attendance is probably going to be a little bit low. I I'd even send the side that might be a little bit more black and gold in the stands just at the meeting in this game. And so, um, you know, Saints fans travel extremely well when it, when it comes to road games. And so, I think the energy in there could favor New Orleans. And so I think that's another thing I'd pay attention to. You bring up a good point with these games being at the same time. So kind of like after this game's over, we'll pretty much know whether the Saints make it or not. I mean, as a player, I can't imagine going into this game and maybe you win the game and then you check the score and it doesn't go your way. It's going to be really interesting to see how this one pans out for sure. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the biggest thing is for this team, it's it's just a mentality. Don't leave anything out on the field. You know, you just got to give it your best and hope things work out. And again, you could sit here and say, well, this is why you got to beat teams like the Giants or you can't, you mm-hmm. know, can't afford to lose to this early in season. And it's all hindsight. Right. And so the bottom line is they have a great opportunity. The Rams are playing for something that means something. They're playing for the division. They're trying to hold off Arizona. So, again, it's not like they're going to come in and you know, try to olay it, if you will. So again, as a player, you're just worried about controlling what you can control and trying to put together a win for, for your team and, you know, and then see what happens from there. So that all, all they need is a chance. I feel Mm -hmm. that though, that they just need a chance to get into the dance and they might shock some people. There you go. Saints win and a 49ers loss is what we're looking forward to this weekend. John, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to throw this out there to both of you guys. If you would put it on one person on the Saints bench to be checking their phone during this game, checking the scoreboard, who would it be? Man, I got to think about that one. <laughs> I, I, I imagine that's going to be relegated maybe to a coach, you know, and, uh, you know, one of Peyton's assistants trapping in his ear or something. I don't know about a player, though, because you're not supposed to be able to. But they're going to look up at the scoreboard, maybe maybe get somebody out there that that looks and just says, hey, by the way, they're up, they're up. Yeah. And, uh, maybe it's CJ. I mean, that seems like something he might just say, throw out on the shoulders of Cam. But I think they're <laughs> going to be locked in, probably too locked in to check that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be be bum jump jump <laughs> it'll be the trainer bum <laughs> he'll be out there telling people yeah they either be bum or Corey or somebody like that it, it will not be a it will not be a player I mean, if it were a player it would probably be uh well i'm sure it'd be uh cj uh charles mm-hmm. Gardner. if it were a player it would be him but uh but now nah, it'd be i'm i i would imagine it would be one of the trainers yeah Definitely players will be locked in. They are not going to do anything like that on the sideline. And if we know, you know, Coach Payton would, would never allow that either. Thank you so much, John, for joining us on the podcast today. Definitely enjoyed it. Hope you have a good rest of the week. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it as always. Thank you to John Hendricks for joining us. You can find him at John J Hendricks on Twitter. Great follow keeps up with all things saints. We appreciate him joining us on the new Orleans saints podcast today, John, as we look ahead to this upcoming week, 
We know that we're going to hear from coach and players. We know that they're going to be prepping hard for the Falcons. What are some of the highlights that you're looking forward to this week before you head to Atlanta? Well, I think some of the main things are um, we would probably expect uh, center Eric McCoy back on the field, probably expect uh, safety Marcus Williams back on the field. I'm not sure about Teron Armstead. He was questionable heading into the last game. Uh, so maybe he's back on the field. It's just been a long haul for him and Ryan Ramchick. But I do expect those two guys to be back on the field, McCoy and Marcus Williams. And, and that helps them because, you know, P.J. Williams, who was replacing Marcus Williams, got injured, mm-hmm. in, unfortunately, on Sunday. And uh, we don't know what his availability might be. So, and he's a key piece to what the Saints do defensively. So getting Marcus Williams back will be just on time. He and uh, McCoy out with the uh, uh, health and safety protocol. So, you know, getting those guys back will help. Uh, and the main thing is, you know, you hope that the Saints can can put together a, a successful game plan to beat the Falcons. Uh, playing them in New Orleans was was just an uphill struggle that entire game. Falcons probably played one of their better games of the season. Saints obviously uh, did not, but they're in that win win now mode. They're in the must win mode. Uh, they played much better on the road this season. Go figure. Uh, they've been a better road team this season uh, through and through. So, you know, here's a chance for them to, to get another one on the road because you know, they don't get in the playoffs unless they win. Mm-hmm. So they at least hold up their end of the bargain. They're going to need some help too, but nothing matters if they don't win. So, you know, the, the, the urgency should be there this season, uh, this, this game for this entire team. I think it was there on this past Sunday. This was another must win for them. And they definitely, you know, accepted the challenge and rose to the occasion. I, uh, Coach Payton said after the game that he challenged the team to come in, treat this like a playoff game and make sure that they got a win. And that's exactly what they did. Thanks to a, a lot of great play from the defense for sure. John, have you ever, and in all of your years, had to spend more time injury report watching and tracking who's in and out of games than you have this season? No, this thing's crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, you get some years where people just get injured and they get hurt and you get you get into that cycle. And, and that's an expected part of the NFL. But when you add in the health and safety protocols, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's you know, you just, you don't know who's going to be available on Monday, who, who won't be available on Saturday. Uh, You just don't know as the week progresses, who's going to be available. So that's the, that's the thing about it. It's, I don't want to say it's the crazy thing, but man, it has kept this entire thing fluid for NFL teams and the teams that have navigated it the best, obviously are the ones that are in the playoffs, but man, it's, it's been a fluid situation all year long to where you can't, definitively say on Wednesday who's going to be available on Sunday it's it's been something to do I think it's been mentally exhausting probably for everybody (laughs) and then you mix in the stress of trying to trying to get to the playoffs so it's been something I I would not want to see a team go through it again Mm -hmm. I want to go through it again myself (laughs) But, but you know that that might just be the way it is for the next year or so I guess we'll just you know continue to see how how teams handle, how the NFL handles uh, the pandemic as it goes forward. And and we'll see, but, you know, maybe this is just something we're going to have to get used to in the immediate future until, until it transitions to something a a little more safe. Yeah. Things have definitely been constantly changing. That's what we've had to get used to is kind of having to adapt 
as we go. First injury report will be out on Wednesday this week. Saints will take Tuesday off. And before I let you guys go, definitely want to give a shout out to Terminix, locally owned for over 70 years. They will fix your pest and termite problems. They have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River Parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. Thanks so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Thank you to John DeCesar. You can follow him all week with all of his wonderful stories and analysis as we lead up to the Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday. Talk to you guys again on Wednesday.